you have to reverse the sales process. And instead of you pitching them, you need to get them to pitch you. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved, whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Jimmy Moncrief. Hi, Jimmy. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for joining us. Jimmy is joining us from Chattanooga, Tennessee, where he's the founder of Real Estate Finance HQ. He is a former stock analyst and hedge fund partner at a Fortune 500 company. He has about 30 buy and hold properties right now. He's a current investor. You know, he has been investing for a while now and actually he says his career started at the age of 12 when he won a stock market investing competition against thousands of contestants. He has also tried every single Ben and Jerry's flavor that's out there. Ask him how many there are and he has no idea. I think he he's in, he's in a sugar coma from, <laughs> from it. So you can find him at Real Estate Finance HQ. And with that being said, Jimmy, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. I, like you said, I started when I was 12 and I've read the Wall Street Journal pretty much every day since then. And I uh, won a stock market competition and had really no desire to get into real estate investing. I uh, got my dream job as a stock analyst at a hedge fund, uh, became a partner there two years later. And when I was there, though, my wife and I moved, and it was just so much easier to rent our house out than to sell it. We didn't even try to sell it. We just rented it out. And it was really interesting. It was it was a, it was a slow progression. Uh, and we ended up selling uh, the hedge fund uh, to a private equity firm. And during that time, I had acquired more rentals. And, you know, I'm going to this job and I'm, you know, working 100 hour weeks. And at the same time, I'm making uh, not as much money, but a lot more money for the time I'm investing in my rental portfolio. So we, uh, my wife and I really saw that as an opportunity to grow that side of the business to give us the freedom we wanted. So I've really been focused on bond holds and uh, just focused on real estate investing since I sold the hedge fund. So you've got a portfolio of about 30 buy and hold properties. Walk us through how you're acquiring them. Sure. So my big thing is bank financing. I know a lot of people uh, teach all, there's all kinds of you know ways to get capital, private lending, but I, I typically just use bank financing because it's longer term and I usually uh, put 20% down. Uh, but some properties for the past uh, several, I bought multifamily and we have we get an unsecured line of credit for the down payment. And 
then we get 80%, you know, a normal 80% loan for the other side of it. And so that's how we get 100% financing for the last couple multifamily properties I've bought. And how are you getting an unsecured line of credit for the down payment? How are you qualifying for that? It's been a, a long, well, not a long road. I mean, I've been uh, buying multifamily since '09, So I've built relationships with commercial bankers and things, and we've built a, a business that you know supports the cash flow for the lines of credit. So that's how. So you're getting approved based on the cash flow from the other properties and any income or money that you have in the bank that you're able to show for the hedge fund activity. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I don't have any links to the hedge fund world anymore, but uh, that it did teach me a lot about raising capital. And so last year, we actually doubled our real estate business uh, using the strategy uh, but you know, to be honest, like this year, we're we're not focused on growth. You know, we're pay, we're focused on paying those unsecured loans of credit down. You know, so probably next year in 2016, we can use them again to grow some more. What do you need in order to get an unsecured line of credit? What type of cash flow do you need in order to be financed for a property? That's a really big question. <laughs> the biggest thing I would I would say is develop relationships with your with multiple lenders or multiple people that have capital to lend, uh, whether that be private lending or bankers, and that, and just realize it's a slow progression. But uh, in general, for an unsecured line of credit, bankers are looking for two-to-one debt service coverage cash flow. And will you explain that? Absolutely. Uh, so for every dollar of debt payments you have, you need to have $2 of cash flow and income supporting that debt. And is that for the new property that you're looking to purchase? Yes. But what they do is, let's say right now, Joe, all your debt payments are $10,000 a month. Okay. And let's say with this new unsecured line of credit, it's going to increase that by another thousand dollars. So you would have now eleven thousand dollars. So what the bank would be looking for is twenty-two thousand dollars of cash flow for you. So they know that you're well off enough so you can pay, you know, pay that debt back. So basically what you did was get the cash flow by properties the traditional route with 20% down initially but then once you build up the enough cash flow from those properties then you started using the cash flow from those properties to get approved for an unsecured line of credit and you're using that to buy your subsequent properties is that right That's absolutely right and let me back up for some of your listeners that are just starting out why I got really interested uh, in the the capital side, the financing side of real estate, was when I was at the hedge fund and my uh, I actually owned some multifamilies with a business partner, and we both made really good money, and we both had combined over a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Okay, and we were going to buy this triplex for eighty thousand, and it was going to rent for. We were going to get projected like sixteen hundred bucks a month in rent. I mean, this was like a home run investment, and we couldn't get a loan for it. And we were like this, and we both have like 800 credit scores. And I was like, this is, I kept getting turned down from banks. And this is when I didn't work, you know, 
on that side of the business. I was still at the hedge fund. I didn't understand it. And that's why I got turned on to like the community banks of the world and just smaller lenders, because uh, I really would encourage your listeners to start talking to smaller lenders like community banks and things like that, because they're the ones that are flexible and talk to a small business lender or a commercial lender, because those are the guys and gals that have really helped us grow our real estate company. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? To spend as much time focused on getting capital as you do getting good deals. Yeah. Can you elaborate? Absolutely. So most people, you know, they focus on just getting, getting good deals, which is great. You know, that's, that's awesome. Obviously everybody wants to get a good deal, but ultimately your real estate activity. And if you're trying to grow a real estate company is going to be limited on the amount of capital that you have, or you can raise. So, I just see that as a big mistake and as a big, you know, halter on growth that a lot of people have is they just focus on the deal side and not enough on the capital side. Starting out, what's the way to approach the conversation with a community bank? Great question. I would interview, you have to reverse the the sales process and instead of them pitching you, you have to or instead of you pitching them, they you need to get them to pitch you. Some bankers aren't interested in loaning money on whatever your real estate strategy is, like flips or buy and hold duplexes, whatever it is. So find that out first and don't, you know, don't waste your time uh, with the people that aren't interested in financing whatever type of real estate activity you have. So I would reverse the process and instead of you pitching people, let people pitch you and get in front of people but ask them what they're interested in financing. And then if it works out, then bring them that deal. So you initially, you, know, you do some research, you find the community banks in your area, you identify what they're interested in financing, and then you have a conversation with them about what your business model is. Is that right? That's, that's exactly right. Spot on, Joe. And once you talk to them about your business model, then is it... Do you typically have to do any paperwork prior to getting the property or do you wait until you have the property? You can definitely submit all your paperwork beforehand, but usually I like to just go ahead and start when you have the contract. But I would definitely go through that process with multiple lenders so you have you know your ducks in a row before you actually get a contract under. What do you need to do with from a paperwork standpoint if you wanted to get your ducks in a row prior to getting the, the property? It's pretty easy dealing with small community bankers. It's They generally just want a personal financial statement, a couple of years of tax returns for your personal tax returns and your business tax returns. And that is definitely enough information to go ahead and get pre-approved you know, for whatever you're looking to buy. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever.
In real estate, our tenants are our clients, and how much do you really know about your clients? Grab your roadmap for reaching the most influential audience, millennials, by reading Youth Nation, written by my friend and the nation's leading millennial expert, Matt Britton. Go to youthnation.net. That's Y-O-U-T-H-N-A-T-I-O-N.net. Best ever book you've read? Millionaire Fastlane, MJ DeMarco. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Marine Corps taught me discipline. Uh, it's a, a skill set that I still use today. Best ever success habit you practice. Getting up early. What I learned in the Marine Corps. You have to get up early, get the job done. When do you go to bed? I try to get in bed before midnight. <laughs> so last night it was around 1230. What time do you usually wake up? Around six. Ditto on the, uh, the schedule. Okay. <laughs> best ever deal you've done? It was actually... I would say the first property that my wife and I bought, it was, uh, you know, it was buy and hold single family, but we put 20% down. We went to town on it, paying all, we didn't have kids at the time, so we paid the principal down a lot. And we moved two years later, but rented it out. And, you know, that it's, so now it's paid off. And it's just, it really, I say it's the best, maybe not in terms of on a spreadsheet, but it just, just because it really kickstarted me into the whole real estate investing realm uh, by accident. And now I didn't necessarily, Joe, buy it the best. I didn't necessarily get the best type of financing. But because I've had renters paying that debt off, you know, now I have a paid off property. It's, it's just really powerful to see something like that. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? I grow my real estate site, Real Estate Finance HQ. Uh, like I said, I, I was really fascinated with I was had an 800 credit score, had plenty of liquidity. I didn't even I didn't even need a loan to get a property, and I was getting turned down. So being able to teach people, uh, like on this podcast and on my site, and just how to get financing to grow their real estate business, it's very rewarding for me. Best ever way you like to give back? I'm active in my church, and I like to help people there. Where uh, my wife and I are going to go visit Zimbabwe in a couple weeks, and an orphanage over there that we're really excited about. So, in that way, best ever quote. All right, this is great. Uh, I want all your listeners to write this down. Uh, if you're driving, pull over. This is by Scott Adams. He's the creator of Dilbert Principle, and this quote, Joe. He, uh, this really changed my whole business last year and how I was able to double my real estate business. You ready, Joe? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Losers have goals, winners have systems. So that's the quote. And it's, it makes so much sense. You know, people talk about goals all day long because it's eye candy. You know, it's fun to talk about growing a real estate business to X amount or whatever to make X dollars. But in reality, that's completely worthless. Like it's a goal is nothing without a strategy to get there and without tactics to get there and systems to get there. So that's it. Losers have goals. Winners have systems. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not getting started uh, sooner. And what's the best ever place to reach you, Jimmy? Just on my site, realestatefinancehq.com. You can email me, jimmy at realestatefinancehq.com. Uh, I mean, I don't care. Your listeners call me on my cell phone, 423-596-4464. I don't, you know, you can reach out to me. I love helping people. Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about, I mean, it, I mean it's pretty obvious what the main takeaway here is, and that is getting unsecured line of credits and creating a system, as you mentioned, in place 
to get the financing in order for your real estate business and you know focus as much time if not more time on getting capital as you do getting the deals and you know talking through how to reverse the sales process with the lenders and get them to pitch to you by you know asking them first what are they interested in financing to see if they qualify and then also after that you know talk to them about what your business model is and get the get the stuff in order initially with your personal financial statement, business returns, business tax returns, and building that relationship and having multiple lenders as well to speak to and and get the financing from. So thank you so much for sharing your advice and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.